Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on the clock. Remember our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening materials. Two million podcasts download strong. That means two million people who've taken the time to go to their store and go Wendy Bell Radio and get it down on their phone or their device. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. You know, the illegal and, and preemptive war against democracy, that, that's what this is. As I've said, and I'm pretty sure you would believe and agree, that this is the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. This idea of the Obama-Biden White House... A CIA and an FBI director launching an illegal and preemptive war against democracy, getting caught and then covering it up for eight years. That's what we are up against. And this, these independent journalists that we've been t- t- telling you about, excuse me, have been digging into these stories. Now, look, you've got to be an independent journalist anymore to get anything done. Because if you are owned by one of these conglomerates, they tell you what you can and you cannot say. It is what it is. So what do we see peeling off from your mainstream news? People who are curious, people who want to do more. And one of them is Michael Schellenberger. Now, I want to read to you. What I believe is a very interesting, this is actually Matt Taibbi, isn't it, Brock? Is this Matt? This is Michael. So this is Michael Schellenberger's part two of this explosive series, basically uncovering how the CIA spied on Donald Trump and the people in his inner orbit, even people who were cursorily involved in his politics, to go on a fishing expedition to find something to, f- to find something with which to create the narrative that Donald Trump was a, a traitor. 
And what they were left with, a stupid dossier of ridiculous proportion involving absolutely outrageous allegations that even the dumbest among us were like, what? He wanted to sleep in Obama's bed and do what? Right? So here is the substack. Michael Schellenberger's substack. This is behind a paywall. We paid to, to get it because we believe you need to hear this. And this is what it is entitled. U.S. government is hiding documents that incriminate intelligence community for illegal spying and election interference, say sources. Remember, Donald Trump's impeachment, the first one was about him trying to get Zelensky to spy on Joe Biden. It's not at all what was going on. Pretty sure Ukraine was helping with the takedown of Donald Trump well before that. Here's how it goes. Last December 15th, as Americans decorated trees, lit menorahs, and prepared to tune out for the winter holidays, CNN ran an extraordinary article titled The Mystery of the Missing Binder. How a collection of raw uh, Russian intelligence disappeared under Trump. Co-authored by Natasha Bertrand, the gargantuan expose claimed a mysterious binder of, quote, highly classified information related to Russian election interference went missing in the chaotic waning days of Donald Trump's presidency in January 2021, raising concerns at some of America's most, quote, closely guarded national security secrets could be exposed. Well, CNN and its intelligence sources meant exposure in a bad way. Sources have told Public and Racket, these are the substacks that Taibbi and Schellenberger work with. Sources told Public and Racket, however, that the secrets officials worry about and worry might be exposed are actually ones that would implicate them in widespread abuses of intelligence authority dating back to the 2015 and 2016 election season. Quote, I would call the binder Trump's insurance policy, said someone knowledgeable about the case. He was very concerned about having it and taking it with him because it was the roadmap of Russiagate. Transgression ranged from Justice Department surveillance of domestic political targets without probable cause to the improper unmasking of a pre-election conversation between a Trump official and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to weapons of mass destruction style manipulation of intelligence for public reports on alleged Russian influence activities. The CNN report claimed intelligence officials were concerned about the disclosure of sources and methods that informed the U.S. government's assessment that Russian President Vladimir Putin sought to help Trump win in the 2020-2016 election. They should be concerned. The story of how a team handpicked by CIA Director John Brennan relied on cooked intelligence to craft that January 6, 2017 intelligence community assessment is the subject of tomorrow's story, the last in this three-part series. And my friends, I will bring you that as well. Corruption, not tradecraft, is what officials are desperate to keep secret. The missing binder story has several variants. Sources offer differing answers on the question of whether anything of consequence is actually missing. They give mixed accounts of Trump's frantic last efforts to declassify Russia-related material. But nearly everyone public and racket spoke to agreed that the tale obscured a broader 
and more important story. Dating back to the release of the so-called Nunes memo in 2018, exposing the corruption of the FISA application process, senior intelligence officials, including Trump's CIA director, Gina Haspel, have repeatedly blocked attempts to declassify information about the Trump-Russia investigation. They had good reason to obstruct the release of these documents. As Public and Racket reported yesterday, the CIA had foreign intelligence agencies run an illegal spy operation against then-candidate Trump's presidential campaign in 2016. This illegally acquired intelligence was used to justify the FBI's official probe, Crossfire Hurricane, Crossfire Hurricane, which in turn spurred the investigation of special counsel Robert Mueller. The documents in question are said to contain information about the legal justification for those investigations, or more specifically, the lack of justification, among other things. Should more of that information be made public, it might implicate a long list of officials in serious abuses. Questions like these may be answered if the 10-inch-thick binder of sensitive documents about the origins of the Russia probe is made public. Fear for reputations and careers, not national security, is what has intelligence officials panicked. Now, multiple sources believe that Trump's possession of the binder or one of multiple binders led to the FBI raid of his home in Mar-a-Lago, which led to the prosecution of Trump by Justice Department Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. A source close to the House Intelligence investigation said, we think a lot of that product in Mar-a-Lago is what investigators went through. The FBI was worried that there was a copy of the binder there. A source close to Trump said, I think retrieving the binder was part of the FBI's motivation. It was Russiagate. It was years of FISA surveillance warrant abuse. It was doing a 702 FISA query to surveil 300,000 Americans. It was using taxpayer dollars to fund the Steele memo and get Justice Department lawyers when we fired Christopher Steele. It was the mountain of corruption we uncovered. But another source with significant knowledge of the Russiagate investigation was skeptical. I don't think the raid at all had to do with Russia documents. It started as a bureaucratic tussle. Look at search warrant returns. That's what they were looking for. There was nothing in there that does that. If you talk to the lawyers involved, they never said they were looking for Russia collusion documents. Well, as Public and Racket reported yesterday, the House Intelligence Committee investigators found that U.S. officials had asked the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliances, the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, to spy on 26 of Trump's associates and share the intelligence they gathered with U.S. agencies in their research. Investigators found multiple instances, quote, where there's no justification for any of these unmaskings from a national security perspective. The threshold of what is in the report is that it's supposed to meet national security requirements explicitly. If it doesn't address national security themes, then the report should not be generated. There were reports generated and then fed to the White House that were generic phone calls or reports on Mohammed bin Salman conversations with a Trump official. It wouldn't be Trump campaign officials in New York. So... He's explaining to you what people who know what these documents say are wanting you to believe. 
What happens next? Why did the binder get created and where could it be now? Michael Schellenberger with that next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So let's get back to behind the paywall of Michael Schellenberger's substack. He says Trump himself has not said that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago to obtain the binder of information. It's uncharacteristic of him to stay quiet about anything. Acknowledged a source close to the current 2024 Trump campaign. At the same time, the source added, it's easy to guess that his lawyers told him this is an active court case. And so don't say anything about it. Could be as simple as that. That's the obvious explanation or something else. CNN mentioned last August's raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in its piece last December, suggesting there may be a connection between the missing binder story and the FBI search of Trump's property while noting no such materials were found. Justice Department special counsel has charged Trump with 37 felonies. 37 felonies connected to his removal and withholding of documents that allegedly contained national security information. Jack Smith's aggressive schedule seems aimed at convicting Trump before the November election. And the FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid was controversial even within the Bureau. Steve D'Antuono, the former head of the FBI's Washington field office, told members of Congress in a closed door interview that he opposed the raid. He says it's not against the law, he said. It's not against bureau policy, right? I just didn't think it was the right decision. In my experience, dealing with cases like this when an attorney is involved, you give the deference to the attorney when you think the client might not be doing what they're supposed to be doing or cooperating fully. Our suggestion was to go to the attorney first. And give him the opportunity to say, we have more evidence. So this is the overarching conundrum now. Where is the material? Does Trump have it? What is he going to do with it? And is it all already coming out? Is this the drip, drip, drip? So Jake Sullivan gets elevated to become, he's not just national security advisor. He's like, you know, I, I don't know, the extra special um, guy in the administration. He received a, a promotion and title earlier this week. I find it curious that he was asked this by a reporter. You guys want as a government agency, you want to conduct warrantless searches where you don't have to go to a judge and prove to the judge why it's OK to invade someone's privacy, to surveil them. You guys want to keep doing that. Now, members of the House want to put a provision in there to stop that. If that goes through as we're negotiating this foreign uh, surveillance of, of private citizens, would Joe Biden veto that measure? Listen to this. On FISA, there are a couple of amendments that are being considered. One of them would require a warrant for every query of lawfully selected data. If that were to pass and get into the bill, would the president veto that bill? So I'm not in a position to stand here today and make veto threats on behalf of the president. Those are, are um, you know, decisions for him to make. What I will tell you is that we do not believe that that serves the national security interests of the United States. And in fact, today I will be making that case to a number of members uh, that the warrant requirement as conceived is not the best way actually to ensure the protection of the personal privacy of Americans. There are a number of other elements of the bill that we have supported that would reform and update FISA to protect 
the civil liberties of Americans, but a warrant requirement from our perspective would go too far in oh. undermining the very purpose oh. of FISA, and frankly, it would put victims at risk. Oh, it would put victims at risk for the greater good. We need to keep spying on you without you knowing about it. Warrantless, because it's called CYA. It's not about national security. It's about CYA. And you've got to love this mashup of Democrats on Capitol Hill. And the question is basic. If if you do you think Joe Biden has the cognitive wherewithal to remain in the position? Listen to the propaganda talking points from your Democratic Party. Council's report in the report, it said that President Biden is an elderly man with a bad memory. Do you think that President Biden is mentally fit for office? That was a partisan report, <laughs> and President Biden has been absolved of any criminal wrongdoing. President Biden is absolutely fit. Trump is the one who is crazy. I think he is the one who's a liar. He's the one who has proven uh, that he cannot be trusted. President Biden has proven himself to have a strong memory. Uh, I would prefer an elderly man uh, over an elderly man who's just chaotic and crazy and has 91 felony counts awaiting him. There's no doubt in my mind that the president is mentally fit for office. No, 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 I'm not talking. He's sharp, he's fit, and he's always answering questions. Do you think it would be dangerous for the President of the United States to have a bad memory? The only person's mental health that I'm concerned about is Donald Trump's. Ooh, it's dangerous to have a president like Trump who grabs women by their uh, you know, private parts and uh, mimics and mocks the disabled, lies, cheats. I think that's what's dangerous. I don't know. I, why didn't she hearken back to Charlottesville? That's a great pinata we haven't beaten in a while with the baton of truth. So you can hear it. They are petrified. Not one of them was convincing about Joe Biden's acuity, of course, because they can't. And Ayanna Presley so quick to say he hasn't been found guilty of any crimes. Well, see, that wasn't what I was asking you, sweetheart. <laughs> Uh-oh. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, Beltway Blackmail. The Obama administration turning the media into propagandists. Have we found the beginning of it all? Don't go anywhere. It's next. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. So the year is 2024. And we are going back in time to 2015. Nine years They've been covering this crap up. Nine years. They had a plan. And they tried to execute it. And they got caught. And they tried to cover it up. And they got caught. And they tried to fact check people. They got caught again. The voices who would have normally covered this got fired. So they started their own thing. And now everybody is talking about this. Now tell me, do you still believe that uh, January 6th was a revolution? That that day was anything other than what you know it to be? And we all watched it. They needed those optics. Why do you think so many people... Why, why do you think... Alex, wasn't it Alexandra or Alexandria Pelosi was there capturing video for a documentary? They needed all of these camera angles. 
They needed to be able to capture all of this so that the media, when given their marching orders, would be able to talk about it endlessly and be aghast. I can't believe this. Wow, what a what exposure of of media suck. Like I'm not surprised by Don Lemming flashing back to 2018 and him sitting there, a pompous egoist who never even looked into any of the allegations that Donald Trump had made about his campaign being spied on, who just unilaterally and unequivocally said, that's a lie. That's a lie. (laughs) I mean, you look at everything now, right? And this makes me angry about these reports about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia wants to do stuff in space. Russia wants to go nuclear. Russia's going to do this. Nothing, uh, nothing is what it seems, of course. So we started thinking, we started thinking about this whole predicate we've had for a while now, that it seems like the majority of action that, that's taken in Washington, D.C. is because of blackmail. It is a, a, a rich environment for debauchery and infidelity and drugs and just yuck. And we believe that there is a, a deep library of proof. So when a pivotal vote comes up, And we scratch our heads and we're like, wait a minute. How is it possible that House Republicans went for that? A lot of the same suspects who tend to vote the way that we would not. And you have to ask yourself why. And that has us going all the way back to 2013. And I was a television news reporter and news anchor at the time. I remember these stories, but I was local news. We didn't do a lot of the national headlines. That was always ABC after our broadcast. But at the time, I was doing crosstalks with Diane Sawyer. So she was the face of the nightly news for ABC. And I was the face of my local affiliates evening broadcast. And so we would do this pre-recorded thing every day, about 45 minutes before the airtime. And... Diane and I would chit chat in the, you know, as the cameras were being set up, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember her talking about this story, but it didn't really resonate with me. Do you remember back in 2013 when Barack Obama basically okayed and ordered the spying of journalists? Because I, I had forgotten about this. This is how long ago. Our American media landscape had been infiltrated, had been corrupted, had been surveilled, had been muscled by Barack Obama. This would have been what? Right after his second election. And what you're going to hear is, I think, a very eye-opening four-minute retrospective. It's going to start with Watergate reporter Bob Woodward. And he's going to start talking on CNN, talking about how a senior Obama administration official threatened him about some of his reporting, about the administration's handling of forced federal spending cuts, was told basically, you're going to regret what you're talking about. What? 
a president's administration is threatening a member of the media, then it's going to weave into an Associated Press story saying that records of 20 AP reporters, journalists, 20 phone lines had been seized by the government under Barack Obama. And then it's going to go into this Obama DOJ story. Under the personal direction of then Attorney General Eric Holder, issuing secret search warrants, targeting then Fox News reporter James Rosen. I believe he's now on Newsmax. Targeting him about emails and records related to some reporting about North Korea testing nuclear weapons, allegedly. Then, finally, it's going to give you that capstone experience. Remember James Risen. He was a New York Times reporter. And the Obama administration tried to muscle him into revealing his sources on reporting regarding the case of a CIA agent who had leaked material about a failed attempt to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. There's a lot going on in this four-minute clip. It is very different to listen to it now when you put on the lenses of CIA manipulation and espionage. I want you to hear this. Begins with Bob Woodward. Go. Share with our viewers what's going on between you and the White House. Well, they're they're not happy at all. And some people kind of, you know, said, uh, look, we don't see eye to eye on this. They they never really said, though, afterwards, they've said that this is factually wrong. And they and it was said to me in an email by a top. What, what is, was, is what this was what, said? Yeah, it was it was uh, said very clearly. You will regret. Doing this. Who sent that email? To you? Well, I'm not going to say. I was mean, it a somebody, senior person at the a White very House? senior person? Makes me very uncomfortable to have the White House telling reporters uh, you're going to regret doing something that you believe in. The Obama administration is facing yet another scandal this morning. The Associated Press says the Justice Department secretly gathered phone records from its reporters and its editors. Now, the AP says the government came in and scooped up phone records for 20 of its phone lines used by reporters and editors. Prosecutors were told also seized cell phone records of several AP employees. So the AP says there was no warning, yeah. no negotiations. The government just simply came in got the subpoenas, took the phone logs, and then notified the AP after the fact. And the AP calls this a, quote, massive and unprecedented intrusion. It's being called an unprecedented government intrusion. The Justice Department secretly collected two months of telephone records from the Associated Press and its reporters. Associated Press CEO Gary Pruitt says, quote, these records potentially reveal communications with confidential sources across all of the news gathering activities undertaken by the AP during a two-month period, provide a roadmap to AP's news gathering operations, and disclose information about AP's activities and operations that the government has no conceivable right to know. I think the effect on the media has already been felt. I mean, you have sources that are being shut down, doors just being shut in people's faces. Now, that was probably the intention. Court documents released this week show the Obama administration secretly monitored a Washington journalist. In seeking a search warrant, the FBI called James Rosen a criminal co-conspirator. For the first time ever, a presidential administration is treating news reporting like a crime and a reporter like a criminal suspect. The level of government surveillance over a reporter was unprecedented. 
Agents monitored Rosen's movements in and out of the State Department. They searched his personal emails and combed through his cell phone records. Bipartisan outrage over what some are calling Obama's war on journalism. The Department of Justice has finally decided not to force New York Times reporter James Risen to reveal his source for confidential information. Without this decision from the Justice Department, Risen would have faced possible jail time. He was subpoenaed in the trial of former CIA official Jeffrey Sterling. Sterling is accused of leaking classified information about a failed attempt to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. That information appeared in Risen's 2006 book, State of War, and the government hoped the journalist's testimony could convict Sterling. But Risen vocally fought the subpoena, sparking a long legal battle that almost wound up before the Supreme Court. The case stalled in June after the Supreme Court declined to take action, leaving the Justice Department the option of trying to jail Risen for not revealing his sources. On Wednesday, a federal judge ordered the administration to reach a decision about whether to take action against Risen by next week. Risen's case has drawn stern criticism from free speech advocates who fear the government is trying to silence investigative reporters and chill the free press. Risen himself recently blasted President Obama as the greatest enemy to press freedom in a generation. What I think is dangerous to a democracy when you have investigative reporting that the government is trying to limit through the use of the Justice Department and the legal system. The Obama administration already has several black marks on the subject of press freedom. They've been blasted on two occasions for searching the phone records and emails of journalists. All of this, why does it all just seem to go so neatly back to Barack Obama? Surveilling news outlets, wanting their phone records, going to court, asking for confidential sources, threatening litigation. Bob Woodward. What? This has been going on for years. And now the softer censorship with an absolute propaganda twist, the whole misinformation and disinformation, this fact-checking nonsense to take stories that might, might seep out, that can't be stopped, and to pound them into the ground, pulverize them with made-up nonsense to refute their findings. This is a former president who's running the nation who is scared out of his mind because it's all coming out. Now, the interesting part of all of this, as maddening as the slow walk seems to be every day, it's another drip in the bucket, another drip. When is it going to be enough? Well, I've got a very interesting poll to read to you. Propaganda has consequences. All you need to do is ask your mainstream media. Does anybody believe them anymore? Not a lot. I got the details for you coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. When you when you start to, and I noticed it in the car this morning, I'm driving to work and I've got the radio on and I'm trying to catch up on whatever we're told are the big headlines of the day. And this Russia story about, you know, even if I Google it, what it's going to say, oh, allegations that Russia's got nuclear weapons, they want to do some stuff in space. I don't know. I believe none of it. I, I was literally in my car and I said out loud, really? 
Now, it could be true. I don't know. Russia could have some nuclear things they want to do. They might want to take out our satellites. They might want to do well worse than that. I don't know. I don't believe the messengers anymore. And I, and I, and I can't tell you if that's a good thing or not. Because there is a price to being an active participant. See, when you're asleep in the back and mom and dad are driving on vacation, right? You don't have to be a part of the process. You can just be on autopilot. But when you're in the driver's seat, when you're awake, you need to see all of the hazards. You need to know what everybody else is doing. You've got to drive defensively. It's a whole different ballgame. And a lot more people are paying attention. So I want to read you this. Propaganda do, does has, have its consequences. There is a, a huge erosion of trust in the news. The bi- biggest decline in media trust is among who do you think? Young Democrats. The headline, media confidence in U.S. matches 2016 record low. This is from Gallup. The 32% of Americans who say they trust the mass media a great deal or a fair amount, 32%, one in three, they have a, a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the media's ability to report the news in a full, fair, and accurate way, ties Gallup's lowest historical reading previously recorded in 2016. Isn't that an interesting year? 2016. Although trust in media currently matches the historic low, it is statistically similar to 2021 and 2022. But this is interesting. 29% of adults have not very much trust at all. A record high 39% say they have none at all. So four in 10, two out of every five voters surveyed by Gallup say zero. I got none. I don't believe them anymore. This nearly four in 10 Americans who completely lack confidence in the media is the highest on record by one percentage point. It's 12 points higher than the 2016 reading. And the 2016 poll came out after we had gone through all of this Obama campaign squeezing of the media to cover the story and present the propaganda that they wanted. Now, Democrats' trust in the media is down, is down for sure. In the lowest it's been since 2016, Democrats' confidence in the mass media has consistently outpaced Republicans. We would expect that. The latest gap of 47 points is the narrowest, though, since 2016. Democrats' trust in the media has fallen 12 points over the past year to 58% and compares with 11% among Republicans and 29 among independents. The gap in partisans' media confidence was largest from 2017 through 2022. During that period, Democrats' trust was above its basic trend average of 64%, while Republicans' and independents' confidence were each below the averages. Republicans saw it. Independence slowly but cer- certainly came along and began to see it too. This barrage of negative news, 95% negative when dealing with anything involving President Trump. But now Democrats are catching on. Democrats are not to be conned either. And particularly the younger 
Democrats. Aggregated data last year showed young Democrats trust the media far less than older Democrats. In terms of Republican voters, seems to not matter what your age. We seem to inherently, young, middle-aged, and old, share a, a rampant distrust in the mainstream media. Look, all of this has a, has a terrible consequence on all of us. After what we've gone through, just think about the main three events of the last four years. The election of 2020, which we were told we were not allowed to, to ask questions about. We were jumped on. We were ridiculed. We were called peddlers of the big lie. Election deniers. Our questions were squelched. Our accounts were canceled. We were banned. Many of us fired. People who are honest and run honest elections don't feel the need to have retribution in their back pocket. They don't feel the need to run interference if things are handled correctly. Then, of course, there was COVID. And, and COVID was, come on, we were lied to from go about that. Imagine the next time, God willing, if there is a next time. To whom will you listen where will you get your confidence in? It's not going to be your CDC. I certainly don't believe the FDA. Judging by every commercial on television that's sponsored by Pfizer and the multi, multi-million dollar contracts they give out to people like Travis Kelsey and others to promote a jab that we know is dangerous. Are you going to ever believe Big Pharma again? Hell no. And then, of course, all of the suck ensconced with January 6th, the clearly false narrative, the confidential human sources who were embedded, not just among the crowd outside the Capitol, but who we know from representatives, Clay Higgins and others, were inside the Capitol before the doors were ever opened to invite and entrap honest, concerned people patriots and to then throw the book at them and use them in a fictitious storyline meant to damage Donald Trump. The derangement is real. I don't know about you guys. I'm kind of done with the collateral damage and it's time for the people who truly suck to pay for it. Coming up, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends. George Soros buying hundreds of radio stations. Really? I guess if you can't control the messenger, you might as well control their frequency. Scary. Next. <laughs> 